Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jay Cross, how good would you say you are at the guitar? I would say I... Your three choices okay. are beginner, yes. intermediate, yes. or advanced. Probably beginner. Okay, excellent. How would you like to move up? to intermediate I'd really like to be an intermediate guitar player that's the only thing I've ever wanted to be good that's about as far as you'll get yes unless Uh you use guitar tricks okay tell me more guitar tricks is an excellent website to teach you how to move from beginner Mm -hmm. to intermediate Mm -hmm. to advanced guitar okay whether you're just starting out or whether you know you could be you should be better than you are like me indeed yes Um, guitar tricks uh, will help you move through those stages as a guitar player and good for you Jay Cross we have worked together with Guitar Tricks to bring a 14-day free trial to not only you, but to the listeners of the Guitar Nerds podcast. So that means I can try it for 14 days, and if I'm not into it, just cancel it. You can, indeed. But I'm probably going to be into I it. I think you probably will. Okay. You'll notice a uh, swift advancement of your guitar skills. Excellent. So, do you want to know where you can get this offer? Where can you get the offer? Guitarnerds.net forward slash guitar tricks. Can you repeat that for me? I can. Guitarnerds.net forward slash guitar tricks. Is there um, like an app that you can use or do you have to do it on your computer? (laughs) Guitarnerds.net forward slash guitar tricks. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello, that's me. And Joe Branton. Aha! Ah, the sense of deja vu. Yeah. For those of you who have been watching on youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos, you'll know that this is the second time we've started this recording. That's true. This evening. And same as it ever was. It also plays into our big announcement this evening. <laughs> in that this is going to be our last live streamed uh, podcast. So if you watch the podcast on YouTube, you will know that. Um, we often struggle with the uh, with the video and the streaming stuff. Um, yes. So we have decided we made the big decision. We all got together, all the big big banter boys, and said, 
We are not going to do this anymore. We're, We're going not going to take audio. it. We're going back to the glorious audio world only. of audio. Um, and uh, what ASMR? That, what no ASMR nerds? No, that's horrible. Um, what is that? What that means is, if you normally watch on YouTube, uh, if you want to still get the audio version of the podcast, and I highly suggest that you do. Guitarnerds.net forward slash podcast is where you can stream it with a web player um, or you can go to iTunes or Pocket Cast or Downcast or whatever you use for your podcasts and search for Guitar Nerds and you will find us there. What I might do is start video streaming myself. No. Off of, like, so it no. would be like... On like Periscope or yeah, something. Yeah, it would be like... Or chat roulette. You know, when, people, um, when people like film films in the cinema that'll be what i'm doing it will right. be like you're just gonna, you're gonna upload nerds. it to the pirate bay Boot, yeah, bootleg yeah. podcasting bootleg with joe branton yeah i don't want that great i don't want that so um for uh yeah so for those of you who normally watch on youtube um it's been it's been fun doing live streaming and it's something that we want to continue in the future but maybe not the whole podcast problem with that is that you know the podcasts are long people don't watch the whole thing on youtube people have very small attention spans um and uh so we might do some other live stream stuff um we'll obviously keep doing the um top five top ten videos and pedal of the week and the live show you know going to live events and things like that that we do and occasional pedal board showcases and stuff like that um but uh, for now this is going to be the last uh guitar notes podcast streamed live to the YouTube, hmm. as proven this evening, is problematic. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, with the big announcement out of the way, Matt Knight, how are you? I am ill. Good. <laughs> Good to know. And I don't mean I don't mean in the cool nineties way. Down like, with the sickness. Uh, no, I, I have a cold, um, but I was cheered up somewhat by coming down to see you boys at the weekend. It was great fun. We shot videos. We, we shot laughed. A lot of we drank videos. tea. We had we, we had two whole days of video shooting. Well, no, not video not video shooting. shooting. We hung out. For, I mean, you didn't hang out in the evening. No, you, and on Saturday evening, you were just you played like some sort of gig. Or something. Yeah, I was playing yeah. a gig in Bristol. I played a show there, and my uh, my custom shop Ashdown cab uh, stopped working. Blew up. Yeah. It up. didn't blow up as much as it just stopped working, which isn't very good from like a nine hundred pound cabinet. No, no, we'll come back to that story in a minute. I think um, Matt Knight, tell us about the yes. pedal of the week videos that we shot. What did we shoot, and what we, stood out to you as being uh, excellent? Well, we shot less than we usually did, which was good because we got to spend a little bit more time, and we could take our time. You know, we don't have uh, a dedicated place to film, so we're usually in Joe's house, so we kind of have to. Not rush the videos, that's the wrong way. We just kind of have to... We have a lot to get through for the time that we, we spend together in the same room, which is not much. Um, but we got the new Bigfoot pedals, the mini-series. They're not that uh, small, though, are they? They're, they're MXR size. They're yeah, they're MXR like standard size. pedal size. Yeah, yeah they're but, just... Yeah. But but then don't... Uh, but Electroharmonics call their normal size pedals the Nano series. No, they call them the Neo. Oh, do they? And Nano. No. Nano. Nano. Neo is just there was only one pedal called Neo, and that was the Neo clone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it's weird actually because they the other do ones Nano. They refer to the medium size pedals as Neo. Yeah, but the only one that says Neo on it is a smaller is a, one. Is a Nano pedal. Pa- yeah. No, the, the medium size ones are called the XO series. Oh, are they? The ones like yes. the the ones that are like the freeze, like the freeze and that they're. Yeah. 
No, the, the freeze, is, freeze is Neo. Nano. Oh, yeah. Of course it is. The freeze is Nano. I didn't... No, I've never, XO is the medium-sized one. I've never heard them referred to as the XO series. The executive officer, yeah. Although, Colonel yeah. Ty. I don't, I don't think they necessarily go, this is our mini-series, this is our XO series, this is our large series. They just have pedals. Um, it's only for companies that make... Like, you know, like Bigfoot that kind of have the same pedal and then you know a pedal and then the same one in a much smaller format um so yeah these ones are in mxr sized um enclosures and they're all basically the same so there's the king fuzz mini the trouble booster mini and the thunder pup mini all of which are the same circuit apart from the thunder pup which is just one channel of the full size one because it had a big amp little amp on the on the ordinary big amp little amp yeah yeah and, and this and, one uh, just has the big the amp video, yeah that one just has uh the big amp and as i said in the video the thing i like about reese is that he designs all the circuits from the ground up you know a lot of people would take a basic circuit idea and then modify it try different components different transistors but reese kind of designs everything from the ground up from kind of like the sound in his head to the breadboard to the final pedal which i really like i think it allows him to create something a little bit more unique. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't really go, oh, this sounds like, you know, he's tried to like pigeonhole it so people can understand it. But then when I play them, I'm like, it doesn't really, it gives you so much. Like he says, the big amp is like a Marshall Plexi, but I don't think it gives you the same. It doesn't sound like a Marshall Plexi. It's not, they're not really, he he doesn't really go down the amp in the box route. And I also think like the trouble booster isn't a treble booster at all. I actually don't think it no, gives you that kind of it boosts the trouble. Trouble. Um, it's just more of like a nice low gain pedal, isn't it? Basically. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's, it depends what you run it into. But I think he's. I think the the thing about Reese is for a long time, especially when I've seen him play gigs. I know Jay, you've probably seen him play way more gigs than I have. But the last couple of gigs that I saw him play, it was his Les Paul straight into an amplifier. He stopped using a tuner. Of course. Gig that I saw Who needs and it one? Just, and, it, and it was the amp that he built himself, which was a preamp with one control and a power amp with one control. And I think that's which is something that he that built thing. himself. Well, he because he that amp that he had yeah. was when we were like sixteen, I guess. Yeah, I've I've known Reese for like fifteen years. No, not quite fifteen years, but like since we were like fifteen, sixteen. And when we were sixteen he bought a blues breaker, which was a heavy amp when you're sixteen. Yeah. I mean it's a heavy amp now. But it's a heavy amp when you're sixteen and like he had that for like five years or something and then went, This is too heavy. Yeah. I'm going to take it apart and rebuild it. And so took it apart and rebuilt it into like some like like some wicker cabinet. Who at sixteen, who does that? Who goes do you know who well, I mean? I he was like nineteen when he did oh, that. But do you know so. who I'm better than Marshall? Mar- I know, I know, nuts. I can build this amp better than this. I know, yeah. But anyway, those pedals—they all sounded great, as you would expect them to, because they're Bigfoot pedals and they all sound great. Yep. Sound really um, nice. The uh, when when we played the um, the King Fuzz, it did just sort of it re- like. Well, I think one of the reasons that I like it so much, and I haven't really thought about it before, but I think one of the reasons that I like it so much is that it isn't really a fuzz. It's not really a fuzz. No, it's, it's like a drive pedal. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a kind of... It's like a, an out-of-control but controllable drive pedal, as opposed to being like a bonkers fuzz. 
or even a controllable fuzz. It doesn't. I think it's just like a dynamic. It's just yeah, it's a very dynamic, dynamic distortion, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it doesn't fall into the trappings that most fuzzes available do uh, available now do, which is like okay, on the lighter side, they're kind of like big muffy, and then you turn it all the way up, and it goes to like eight bit squelchy, yeah. you know, like broken computer fuzz. Yeah. The King Fuzz doesn't do that at all. It doesn't really fall no. into that market. It's a completely different sound altogether. Yeah. Um, which is what makes it cool. So what else did we uh, what else did we demo, Matt? Well, I thought the joy, the ultimate joy, was the Metaverse Warble Space Deluxe Delay. Is that right? Was that the right way? Uh, it is the, oh, there uh, it is. the Warble Swell Deluxe, Deluxe Delay. delay. Yeah. Ah. So this is, um, this is one that I've been banging on about. Absolutely amazing. I've been banging on about this one on Instagram and also on Facebook um, because as soon firstly uh, the guy Matt from Mattaverse was really nice to deal with um, was really enthusiastic about guitar nerds and stuff and really wanted to to send the uh, the pedal over but also um, because I heard some samples of it before we got it and it sounded so good he's got a really good uh, like up until our demo goes live go and check out his demo which is on uh, I think it's mattaverseelectronics.com or just search for mattoverse electronics um, and yeah so we shot a little it's actually b- just mattaverse.com oh is it okay cool cool so we shot a little bit of video with that that went up in the Facebook group on Saturday night and then we shot the full pedal, pedal demo on Sunday um, so Matt how would you describe what it is it is a analog voiced more actually more like a tape delay voiced digital delay with foot switchable modulation and oscillation controls yeah so imagine a yeah imagine something that sounds a little bit like it's in fact it sounded a lot like myspace echo um but you could switch in the modulation and you could also then hold a separate button down like a momentary button and basically bring it into infinite repeats now that that is like you can actually yeah, that was the thing. Swell time, he calls it. So all the way maximum, it never really gets to full oscillation. And then all the way minimum, it instantly oscillates. Yeah. So somewhere in between, you can get these kind of cool, massive, sort of vibey delay swells. That's really the um, thing that makes this pedal stand apart, though, having that unlatching switch. And actually, to be honest, having such control over the modulation of the delay as well. Yeah. Like, you can get some Digitech Time Bender-esque modulation out of this but then just the the ability to drop in that the the infinite repeats as and when it's it's so usable yeah and for me like i was looking at them a little bit more today because i briefly looked at their website when um when i was doing some reading up about it and then when we were talking about it after we filmed the video and then i was on his website some more and he makes some amazing other bits of kit and then the thing that was mind-blowing about this delay was it was 179 dollars it's they're so like they I, seem I'm, so I'm reasonable. certain if it had another if it had another brand name on it it would be yeah i mean 300 if this yeah if this was be if I'm, this was being made by pigtronics this would be a 300 dollars uh, this pedal would be 300 dollars the thing is that because of the nature of the features on this pedal if this was 300 dollars we'd be saying I mean, it's three hundred dollars, but look at these yeah. these incredible features you have. This is why it's worth the money. So I actually um, was listening to the Guitar Knobs podcast. Don't this promote week. other podcasts Sorry, on this podcast. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. How dare you? I'm gonna do it. I was listening to the Guitar Knobs podcast this week, um, 
and they had uh, uh, Matt from Mattaverse. Did they? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. He really? was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Um, he was on the podcast with them. Oh wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it was really cool, and he seems like a really, really nice guy. Like super, super nice. Um, he was. Um, he was really funny actually because he he was saying like, look, all my pedals are like pretty esoteric. Like I'm not trying to be Chase Bliss. I'm not trying to be boss. I'm not trying to do. I'm not trying to take a sound that has been done really, really well and like rehouse it. Do it again. Yeah, completely. He and he was basically saying like most of my pedals are like not very useful. And I just thought that was really cool that he was like he's not making a big song of dance because most of these pedals aren't very useful. He, so a lot of his stuff is... I haven't seen much of the range. Well, oh, the, so the one he was talking about that well, I got I mean, really excited about that I really want to spend some time with is the drone tone. Yeah. Which is like, he was just saying, it's it just like, all the Guitar Knobs guys were saying that it's like, it just adds like a drone at... It, it, it sounds utterly useless. Okay. Well, yeah, utterly useless, but is, I bet it sounds amazing. I did some research into this. It's basically a one oscillator synth that you can tune into the key that your guitar's playing in. So your guitar signal always runs through it, but it's kind of, yeah, got this oscillator that you can then set to like a square wave so it actually pulses. So you've almost got this like droney rhythm. Oh, this sounds so like you put the best and pedal stuff, ever. Oh, completely, completely. And he said, so one of the other but things then, he said was he actually, he used to do a pedal called, I think it was called like the Gator drone or the gator fuzz or something like that and it was a fuzz pedal with this with the drone tone of course in there and he was like oh yeah basically i made a bunch of these and everyone was like right well this sounds great but i never used the fuzz so he just went okay just take the fuzz out take the fuzz out and do it i guess it was a bit cheaper but honestly please listeners sorry mark i'm gonna do it I, please let me on next week but go and listen to the guitar knobs podcast um with with matt uh, with Matt from Mattaverse on there, he and ch- check him out. His huge, um, his Instagram page is wicked. Uh, like his demo videos, he's in front of a green screen. I guess. Yeah, yeah. He puts a lot of stuff on the green screen. So the uh, the video for the warble swell, he's just got it like on a beach essentially, but green screened. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. It's it's the first brand that's kind of stood out to me for ages because yeah. he's not doing like, oh, here's a nice fuzz or here's a nice delay pedal. Completely. I mean, this is a nice delay pedal, but he's also saying for most players, some of the features on this will be useless. And actually the Warble Swell is kind of the most useful of his pedals. Yeah. Like he's got the Octus Step, which is um, a the, step the, sequencer. Yeah, the Octus Step and the Terror Step. Which are their their step sequences? Step sequences, aren't they? That play a uh, octave tuned square wave. Yeah, yeah. So one does four, one does eight. But I thought the great thing was is that the guitar signal runs straight through it. Yeah. So you can basically have so, the, you can have it as like a accompaniment basically, and you play guitar over the top. Yeah. But the also the other nice thing compared to some other companies that do something similar is it's got a reset button. So every time you hit the reset button, it goes back to one. So you can actually then play in time with what you're doing because usually if you've got some sort of sequencer going over the top it doesn't necessarily restart with every string hit yeah so this one, oh you can i see kind what you mean reset it okay they all- um and you can you can put two expression pedals in that so there's like features that you can do with it <laughs> features <laughs> features there's features um oh. but yeah oh. the because they actually make the drone tone, they actually make a three oscillator version that then 
basically goes in like three different beats so you can actually like make some cool beats from three different oscillators as well so Matt, quite, this this really cool. sounds like the sort of thing that you need for the ungiggable rig yeah well it just sounds like a, a cooler more usable tweakable version of a random tone generator yeah, yeah. and i guess with because this you've also got an, an in whereas the random the, tone generator the, you only have the it only sends a signal you can't put anything into it yeah i mean the tetra step which is the four step sequencer is $150 which I think is like incredibly reasonable the drone synthesizer with three oscillators is $119 wow it seems really cool um it, and yeah as i say he he seems like a really affable guy yep. um so please like like him on uh instagram check him out um yeah like i'm really looking forward to, to metaverse in 2017 i think there's gonna be some cool stuff definitely definitely um talking of uh bizarre pedals matt we also did a demo of the walrus audio luminary um which is a bit, yeah, of, a bit of a weird which one is a bizarre pedal tell us about it it's uh it is a f- ah look there it is For the last time ever on live video feeds uh, yeah, it's the Walrus Audio Luminary 4 Octave Octave Generator. Poly Octave Generator. Yes. Not a POG. Not, it's um, definitely yeah, not so, a POG. No. So it's basically four octaves, two down, one down, one up, uh, with three presets that also gives you a filter, modulation, and then what I kind of liked, an attack control, which controls the what they say bloom of the octave so when you hit it how long it takes for the octave to come in yeah um really nice it gave you those kind of kind of sort of those pog like organ sounds basically but more modulated a little bit more synthy more pad like um and i like the fact that it was just like pretty simple controls on top and the expression pedal could do a mixture of everything on the control front so you could do a low setting and a high setting and an expression pedal could control all eight controls at once. Yeah, it's. It, I guess it's in, like in a, various different forms. It's a more functional pog, isn't it? It does a bit more stuff than the, the standard pog. Um, yeah, I mean, I must admit, I it's it's tricky because with a pog two, you've got the sliders, and I kind of like that. <laughs> I like having the sliders and things on it. Um, but they, it gives you. A, I just think it gives you a very different sound to the pog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sounded, uh, to me, it sounded a little more mechanical and more kind of glitchy and stuff, which I, I thought was cool. Yeah, because the Pog definitely sounds, I suppose, when you've got the filters off, it sounds way more realistic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounded a bit more synthy. It did, definitely. And it's got that, um, what do they call the flutter control, which is the modulation, which does all the kind of weird glitchiness if you ramp it all the way up and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely out there. One more set of uh, set of things I wanted to talk about was the uh, the Bright Onion pedals, which we've spoken about before. Um, we finally got a chance to really plug those in and, and give those a kind of uh, a good yeah. showing. These so. were totally super awesome. So These f- are... Four, mini pedals four mini pedals the From brighton pedal manufacturer bright, bright onion, onion. Yeah. yeah so four pedals the russian which is a little uh, russian big muff uh, the soap which is a clean boost get it yeah um the baking powder which is a compressor and the uh, mouse 
the mouse, which the is mouse, a, which is a rat like clone. A rat. Yeah. Um. So Matt, the ones that the one that's um kind of stood out to me really was the um the what do they call it the baking, the baking powder. powder the compressor the compressor because yeah. this this compressor Amazing. is 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 one control it's only, it's a single control and essentially that control is is level so everything else is like a predefined preset yes and they've got it spot on like who would have thought of that like compressors are the ultimate fiddling around with pedal yeah. to 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 get something right for you but this worked it sounded amazing you actually used it when matt does the demo he used it in conjunction with the mouse as well for for some of it yeah that um, sounded and great it sounded great but yeah baking powder was banging the baking powder i like a lot so this is based on the uh, dan armstrong uh, compressor that you plugged into your guitar is that right matt the orange squeezer yeah so they were square boxes that you plugged basically direct into your guitar with no extra controls and then they just had an output that allowed you to go straight into your amplifier um, awesome and yeah it was basically just a compressor but i thought it it just made everything sound like beefier yeah yeah it, it was great. Like when you turned it off, everything just sounded a bit weak. Yeah, yeah. We, tro- it, um, we tried it on Saturday night with a telly and the Les Paul. And on the Les Paul, it was a little underwhelming. But with the, the telly, telly, it sounded oh, yeah, incredible. It was probably like tacky yeah. compressor. Oh, yeah. It was so good. When, when, we, uh, when we put it into the Les Paul, I was just like, yeah, I don't know why we even bothered. Compression is Compressors are pointless and they sound rubbish, which was basically what I've always thought. And then we put it into the telly, and I was like, okay, no, fair enough, this sounds it really sounded good. Great. It did sound great, but, yeah. But there are loads of great compressors out there. It's just normally they have, like, you know, four to six controls on there in order to make them great. I yeah. just thought it was remarkable that this sounded as good as it did. Like, it was, it sounded like a high-quality compressor uh, with a single control. What I like is that it's not ratio. It's not compression amount. Yeah. It's just level. Yeah, exactly, so which, is, which is the one you actually... Well, I guess you need well, the, no, the one that you really need is ratio because you want to be able to select how much compression uh, I guess and so. the level should just be balanced I just like yeah. that they've gone yeah no um, we're going to tell you how much yeah. you're compressing by we're going to tell you what the attack is what the release but is but it was right it was right yeah totally it sounded fantastic it was so appropriate and the, the best part about all these pedals is they're 60 pounds each something like that is that right Matt 60 quid yeah, we don't we don't ever give the prices in the video because obviously prices might change and someone might watch the video in a couple of years. But the prices are uh, fifty pounds for the baking powder, all, and they're ridiculous. made to order as well in Brighton by James himself. Uh, the soap is forty pounds, and the Russian and the mouse. For some context, are 60 pounds fifty each. pounds is ten pounds less than you can get a Moore Blue Comp for. Yeah, and it is. Yeah, you know, a hundred times better. And these are hand, hand built yeah, exactly. locally hand-built, to us. Solid obviously. controls. Oh, and, and, and actually, the boxes really are actually really substantial as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boxes are um a solid, solid, nice and small, but very, very sturdy indeed. Um, so that, that was the pedal of the week stuff. Um, has anyone else got any um guitar stuff to share? Joe, your cab blew up. Is that right? Oh yeah, that was a bit. What unusual. happened? A really strange thing. It was um, so. It happened during the support band, who are friends of ours, and um, uh, the the bass just cut out at one point, sort of halfway through a song, and so uh, the bass player goes down to his pedal board. That's the standard thing you, you'd expect. Checks yep. all his connections; they're all fine. Then he thinks maybe it's a cable. Okay. Um, so he he changes a, a cable, but you know that nothing's working. So I sort of you know work my way forward onto the stage to help him out and we were saying well maybe it's the head like it's not it's not his pedal board it's not his cables maybe it's his head so i swapped it over to my head um plugged everything in the back for that and still nothing so he was like maybe the bass 
and you know because like the you last thing yeah you don't expect it to be the cab is the workhorse of the uh, exactly and these are yeah and mine's a 900 pound custom shop yeah it should be right 15 inch cab but um but yeah i think and basically he was saying afterwards that it cut just after he'd put on his dod meat box do you um, think basically the low end has just completely popped well a pedal i don't think it popped the speaker no because you'd get the, the, the it would start to distort this yeah. just cut i think it was a loose piece of solder i mean the dod meat box is known as the pa destroyer right. so you know i think there was probably some it, it, some loose soldering going on there it's and uh, that, it, that was enough to rattled it free basically yeah, exactly. i haven't had a chance to open it up and have a butcher's Yet, but uh, I imagine that what it is. What a testament to the DOD meat box. Yeah, the cab destroyer now, yeah, as well yeah. as the PA destroyer. Was it, the, um, was it a modern one or was it a vintage one? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, the DOD meat box, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it was one of the reissues. Uh, one of the most recent ones. I don't know if yeah. that really makes. Sorry? I wonder if that made a difference. I don't know if that made a difference or not. I think they might have scaled back the modern one. So I think the vintage one is even more. Really? Subby. Ridiculous. Wow. Ridiculous. Wow. Exciting stuff. Blowing mm. up cabs all yeah. around the world. Joe okay. Branton. Jake, what's any guitar news? Uh, only that we did all this stuff this week. Yeah, we're, I do feel like we've seen each other way more than normal. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And I really want a new bass. Oh, uh, do we have to get into this now? Oh, I've, been, I've been asking for your opinion on stuff, Mark Packham, and you haven't been very forthcoming. Why don't we? We could do that in Patreon this uh, week. We'll we could, talk about it. In we Patreon. could do a rundown of the things that you're looking at, yeah. and uh, then we can just we can all slag them off, and you can try and defend them. Yeah. Okay. How about that? I guess. Yeah, fine. I guess the other thing to talk about um, that's pertinent to this week is uh, this weekend. Uh, this weekend coming, which oh, will yeah. be the twenty fifth and sixth, like I think, uh, of this of February two thousand and seventeen. Okay. Uh, Start date. Uh, I, I disclassified I'm afraid okay fine um, we will be at uh, the guitar show in Birmingham the um, Birmingham guitar show well, no it's, it's just called it's the guitar called, show it's the guitar, the guitar show, show I love Birmingham. their website it just says the, it's just the guitar show isn't no, it no no they've, they've made like someone's made some graphics out of like pedals oh, yeah. Yeah. don't slag them off they've given us some press passes yeah, I'm right. looking forward to it there's some cool like uh, Dark Glass are going to be there I'm oh, really yeah. looking forward to seeing Dark Glass yep. Uh, and everybody Guitarna's favourite Mark Bass they're going to be there that's yeah. going to be great isn't it yeah. um, actually well, no do you know why that's good because that means that DV Mark will be there DV and Mark will be there unlike Mark Bass DV Mark are absolutely completely brilliant maybe you could try and blag yourself a cab that isn't blown up uh, no I don't want that <laughs> I was going to give Eden a call no stick with Ashdown they're but good old boys there, but yeah we're going to be there we're, we're going to be there definitely on Saturday hopefully on Sunday but we'll see uh, so if you're there and you see us ambling about, please come say hello um, to maybe not Joe. Yeah, don't say hello to Joe. Absolutely. No, no, do come say hello. Come and buy me a coffee because I will be tired because I'm doing the driving. Yeah. I will be giving out slightly longer than is comfortable hugs all day. No one wants that. Well, no one wants come that. Come and get one. So yeah, guitar show this weekend um, in Birmingham. Do come and say hello. Should we do some news? News. Good, good. First up, Jay Cross, do you want to tell us about um, Kurt Cobain, who is 50 today, apparently, or would have been 50 today, um, his Hagstrom Deluxe guitar up for auction. Yeah. Charity auction. It's gone up for a lot of money, isn't it? 
I don't know. I, you're supposed to be telling me. Oh, I don't know. I didn't look it up. Oh, <sighs> it's uh, oh, come on, Jay. Always rely on Matt Knight. Yeah, she does the research. Um, I've, I've currently I've been busy. All right, why don't you take a guess? Why don't you all take a guess? What okay. do you think it's okay, currently up for? Fifteen thousand dollars. Joe Branton. Um, uh, a quarter of a million. I'm going to go somewhere in between those two. I'm going to go for a hundred and fifteen thousand. <laughs> Mark Packham is the closest. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Mine was in mine was in Ugandan dollars. <laughs> you have no <laughs> what idea what that is. <laughs> I said one hundred and fifteen thousand. Um, How much is it? Seventy-five thousand dollars with five days to go. Really? That actually puts... I don't think I've ever seen him play. The Hagstrom? No. No, but I've never seen a picture a of that. Hagstrom, a Hagstrom Blue Sparkle Deluxe. Was it Apparently, even... the story goes. Sorry, go on, Joe. What are you going to say? I was going to say, was it even left-handed? Uh, it it was a right-handed model that he had yeah. strung up. So the story goes that basically in December of 1992 or late 1992, uh, Kurt Cobain phoned his guitar tech when they were staying in Seattle and said, go and find me this specific Hagstrom guitar. Um, he found one and then he found several other guitars in other sparkle finishes all by 60s Italian brands and he Kurt Cobain told him to buy them all he delivered them all to his hotel room he kept the Hagstrom and gave the rest away to his friends and then after he passed this guitar got handed to another one of his friends and it's been in his possession ever since I wonder, and give totally some cool. donation to charity. I wonder how he stumbled but, across that because obviously later on in the career when uh, Pat Smear joined the touring Nirvana lineup, he had used Hagstrom for yeah, he has his own signature Hagstrom now, even today, and now he's got his own signature Hagstrom. He out of kind of all of mainstream guitar players, I think has probably done the most for Hagstrom, or certainly did in the nineties. Certainly, it's the only signature model that yeah, they yeah. have in their current cast. Yeah, yeah. Cast so and they've had it for years. But a bit weird. Maybe it was a thing where you know Kurt maybe like saw the germs and saw that Pat Smear was using a Hagstrom, and then went, "Yeah, I'm I bet that's that. I bet that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I bet that is exactly yeah. what happened. That sounds actually. the most likely. Doesn't yeah, it? it does. Oh, yeah. I've just released. Yeah. Never mind. I've got loads of I money. I mean, they were a proper obscure I mean, brand. Then. Yeah. They would have been super obscure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I just think I, I think it's great that obviously a lot of it's going to charity, and hopefully the people playing it are obviously buying it for you know like a collection or, or something like that. But it's just it's a shame it's not one of the like more popular ones. But then at the same time, it's kind of good that someone wouldn't spend like four million dollars on his like Jagstang and then it just sit in a case, I suppose. Well, that's um, as we've seen from, you know, with the videos that we've done about the world's most expensive guitars and stuff, it usually just goes to a collector. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Um, and then sits in the case, and then a couple of years later, they sell it on for another yeah. million quid. I know? mean, even even like... Um, like Planet Hollywood or um, what's the other one? Hard Rock Cafe. Even if one of them got it, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, who knows? Yeah, I quite like, like you say, Matt. It's going to charity, yeah. and it's all all seems to be pretty, uh, pretty cool. I saw. Yeah, I wonder if when they sold it, they thought, or when they were selling it, they had an idea in their mind of how much they thought it might be worth. I like guess with, I guess with that, it's five thousand. It's hard to judge, isn't it? Because like. It's not a famous guitar of his. It just has a connection with him. But yeah. like, no. I guess it depends on like it's coming through. Quite a po- it's coming through a really famous vintage guitar retailer, right? Uh, Gruen's Guitars in Nashville. They're like one of the leading vintage guitar retailers in the world. Um, and you have to get you have to get pre-approved to bid on it. So right. You can't just. Because it started at ninety nine cents, so like obviously some idiot's going to go, oh yeah, I'll just whack a hundred grand on there for a laugh because they think <laughs> it might go for more, and then obviously it goes for ninety nine thousand nine hundred eighty dollars, and then they're like, oh yeah, I'm not don't really want it. So yeah, you have to be pre approved before you. Uh, they have to essentially before d- you bid do a credit check or something on you. I'd imagine to see so. whether you yeah. can you could actually I think pay that money. To, that you're like a real person, and right? You've, bid on stuff before and i think you have to call them and stuff like that it's yeah i think which i kind of think is good you know because you just don't want to waste someone's time no you know because it's a lot of money to go oh yeah and then go oh yeah yeah i'll leave it i'll leave it um as an aside when i saw that it was uh kurt cobain's birthday the reason that i saw it was kurt cobain's birthday today was um i saw uh, uh a meme on twitter that was Happy birthday, Kurt Cobain. This is what he would have looked like today. And it was Noel Edmonds. <laughs> but it was, no, it was Noel Edmonds holding a um, holding an Epiphone Nighthawk. Yeah, I saw that. Left-handed. But, but th- no, it wasn't left-handed. They had, f- they had just got onto... Like, they'd flipped the image right. so that it was left-handed. So it was backwards. But it's like... I just... Who's going to care about that much detail but, about that but meme? No, it, wasn't, it wasn't that. It was like, why? How did it end up being an an Epiphone Nighthawk? Like, did because if you go to Google and type in guitar, yeah, I'm sure that's not the first thing that comes up. Surely like, you could put in Kurt Cobain guitar <laughs> and you get a more accurate result than an Epiphone Nighthawk. Like, <laughs> yeah. But then also to go to the effort of flipping it left-handed when it's completely the wrong guitar just makes <laughs> it no just, sense. It didn't make any sense. But that I actually thought that was far funnier than the fact that it was Kurt Cobain. Um, Kirkman, Noel Edmonds. But yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. The internet. The, the internet, internet indeed. Internet. Let's talk about the new Seymour Duncan duality pickups. Um, Matt Knight, have you read up on this? They're claiming it's sort of hybrid active passive pickup. Is that right? Yeah, I, I wish I could actually try them or have someone explain a little bit more about them because they're, they're still an active pickup, but they're passive voiced. 
Okay, so which I was a bit like they're basically their their concept behind it is merging the best of active and passive technology. So it's an active pickup, but voiced so you've got a passive. This like sounds output, so active so weird because of course. Uh, be- yeah, I guess I guess that's it's, it's going to be the dynamics, isn't it? Because of course the disadvantages, the disadvantage of active pickups are that you have a battery attached. Well, I guess the real uh, so for making me, the something risk- that's sounding that sounds like a a pickup that you don't need a battery for. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> it is weird. But then it's so that you can have this sort of. It's a good idea in a sense because what's great about active pickups is obviously having onboard tone shaping. Yeah, that's that's really what you want. Yeah, the problem that a lot of players have with active pickups is that they are very one-trick pony. They're, yeah, they're so high output, all yeah. output if, power. If they can make like a dynamic sounding, you know, more vintage voiced pickup, but give you the tone controls that you'd normally have to have on your on a preamp on the floor or on, on your amp head, then that that just seems win-win. This seems like a great idea. Yeah. The, the I think po- the, the I sorry, I was going to say I think the idea is that it's pass it it's an active onboard preamp, but you have the tonal benefits of like the clarity that you'd get from a path, but then also for metal stuff, it's got that super aggressive tight high end if you're using loads of gain. Yeah, yeah. This the, this the, sounds great. This sounds like a really good idea the thing for me is that whenever i hear players using active pickups with a fair amount of gain everyone just sounds exactly the same yeah um because that's the idea of active pickups you know they squash the sound and make everything even you know super compressed works works which means that clean tones really nice no i don't think it does work for clean tones i think Mm. you suffer even more with that because you don't pick up any of the playing dynamics so everyone just sounds pretty much the same i guess i I mean i kind of like that over compressed sound which sort of active yeah. pickups lend themselves towards a little yeah bit. i just think if they can find a nice place to sit in between that you know the tonal shaping but without all that kind of over compressed sound um i'll be interested in well, these interested let's, to, let's uh, see. to they're, see they're, they i mean they're 120 dollars for for one pickup uh, i've yeah, yeah that yeah, is just fly me yeah so i mean that's uh, that's only how much that's how much pickups are no it's not Pickups are like, like Seymour Duncan's are like forty quid, fifty quid. Well, yeah, but if you buy a like bare knuckle, they're a hundred quid. Oh, yeah, pop. yeah, true. That's, oh, yeah, but that's, you, that's I guess you can only compare like with like Seymour Duncan versus I, um, Seymour Duncan. At first, I thought it was going to be a pickup system that allowed you to combine active and like a blend control pickup. Well, just that you could have like an active bridge pickup, but a neck. Sort of thing. I mean, I guess right. systems like that do exist because you know piezo pickups are, are active. So there are guitars that have a blend of passive pickups and like piezo. So I don't know how that all works on a because uh, normally you can't have two humbuckers and one be active. Yeah, and one I guess be that's passive, that's the problem, isn't it? Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think it's an interesting concept. We'll have to see how it, um, how yeah. it plays out. Joe Branton, tell us about yes. the brand new Steve Vai Carvin Audio Legacy Drive VLD One. Well, this is as ridiculous as it is brilliant. I mean, it's it's such a Steve Vai. Like, I I think when I when I heard the name, I almost I didn't. I just thought, ah, oh, Steve Vai's got a drive pedal, and in your head, I think of an mxr box um maybe in like a passion and warfare sort of swell finish yep. 
um, with like you know gain some of his blood like, mixed into the paint yeah something like that two or three controls on there like th- th- that's what I thought that's what I had in my head when no, I heard yeah, it that's so wrong though this you're so is, wrong but of course Steve Vai takes everything to the nth degree so why not do exactly the same thing with a drive pedal introducing the Carvin Legacy Drive with Steve Vai also yep. on a signature on there this thing is um, is almost the size of an amp head. Uh, it is. I mean, a- to kick off, it's got a <laughs> light up Steve Vai logo on yes, it. Yes, but it's a very tasteful uh, sort of surf green. The, yeah, uh, I, I don't mind that. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he hasn't gone for a monkey handle on there. Well, yeah, a little the monkey grip. So tell us <laughs> what it sounds like. So it's um, it's a a three pre-settable drive pedal so it's more like a preamp the idea is that you can take your tone everywhere with you with this so you get three kind of in the same sense of like a uh, like a sans amp preamp would be you've got three individual foot switchable uh savable control uh sounds and then you have what is that four Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven rotary controls. That's, that's ridiculous for the drive. The the, the pedal actually uh, also has um, a twelve x seven valve on board as well. I mean, it's not not that's not unheard of. No, you know, no, drive, no, drive pedals yeah, and yeah. compressors. I think, um, I think the idea is that it's basically his preamp from his carving pedals in one unit, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a huge it's unit. His carbon amp in one, in in a in a pedal. Yeah, because yeah. the legacy stuff is his signature stuff, isn't it? Carving legacy is the Steve Vai stuff. So, yeah, the yeah, legacy drive. Been that for, for years. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense, I guess, that they've now brought it down into pedal format. But, yeah, 11 rotaries on there mm-hmm. is bizarre. Well, not bizarre. I mean, you know, as you say, Steve Vai takes it to the... Uh, he pushes yeah. it to well, the limit. I, yeah. And what I like is that it's basically got clean... or One foot switch does clean or drive, so two-channel, and then gain is like an extra gain boost, but then you've still got an on-off switch, so you can just turn it off if you want to. Yeah. I would have thought you just, it would have just been like you'd have had clean or drive and then just on, but I don't know. It, um, it looks huge but also you can in the photos. also into a uh, effects loop, which I thought was cool. Yeah, well, I guess that's the same for any preamp, isn't it? You could just plug anything in straight into the return of an effects yeah, loop. Yeah, but it's also got um, it's got straight through, so you can use it like a normal drive pedal, and it's got the ability to effects loop. Okay, as well. okay. Because usually those preamps are kind of like they've got some sort of cab voice in them, or they're just they're more like a distortion pedal than they are a preamp. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, I get, think. Interesting, interesting. Whether it will be uh, something we'll be able to get our hands on, no. probably not, because it probably costs a million pounds. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's retailing at. I can't find that, but um, but I, I mean, it looks totally ridiculous and amazing at the same time. I mean, it's 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 a weird thing, isn't it? And to have a hugely oversized, you know, preamp essentially in sort of 2017. It's huge. Yeah, that just seems like a weird choice. Yeah, yeah. But then, if you're a Steve I fan and you, you know, you, <coughs> you can't stretch or don't want to go for the uh, the big carving amp that they do, because I think it's a what is it, a hundred watt head and four twelve? Is that right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. want that, and I mean, it's a it's a very specific sound. I think with that kind of Steve Vai thing, it's very much his sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Which you know, in a way, is you know people that's kind of what it's all about really isn't it it's if you're buying that sort of amp that amp is designed for him for him to use live <laughs> to nail his yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. so if you, if you buy that that's, 
but it is a very, very specifically tuned amplifier. Jay Cross, one last bit of news this week. The Electroharmonics Synth 9. Yeah, this one, this one sort of came out of nowhere. I think it was announced what? this afternoon. I only well, heard about it when Joe Branton told me about 10 minutes ago. Well, Electroharmonics seem to be keeping up their last year's sort of, you know, a pedal every month sort of no, thing. No, last year course- was a drought. It was the year before. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, last right. year there was only a couple. Well, Like well, two or three last oh, okay. year. Really? Oh, yeah, there wasn't that many sure? Electroharmonics right. pedals last year. Because we had all of the, we had the Mel 9 nope, was last year. that was the year before. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Was it? Time no. flies. Well, the Mel 9 was last year. <laughs> was uh, it not? Oh, maybe the Mel 9 was. The two Key 9 and... B9, B9 oh, and they C9 were, they were, yeah, last they were, year or the year before. I'm still working in the shop. But because yeah. we've, we've already, this year, we've had the Canyon has already come out. They, yep. they released the a- Canyon, the, which was uh, essentially Operation a Overlord, right? which was the, that one. the distortion. The overdrive. Yeah. Right. But uh, anyway. And there was another one as well at NAM. There were three pedals from NAM. Yeah. Right. But but anyway. The this, Synth 9. This, this looks absolutely fantastic. This is the I 1980s. Think might, I think this might be the best nine pedal that they've done yeah. so far. Um, it sounds absolutely phenomenal. So um, if you're familiar with the Electroharmonics 9 range, which I'm sure most people listening to this podcast are, um, this just carries on the tradition of, of you know going down that route. Um, it has more specific synth sounds in it. And I think, unfortunately, to the people that bought a B9, it might sort of render that redundant because I, I just think from the videos obviously we've not heard it yet uh, but this, from the videos this that we've doesn't heard. do organ stuff though does it which is what's in the B9 yeah I suppose I suppose yeah yeah I suppose they, you're I right I think they're actually all quite individual yeah yeah Mel 9's got some so stuff on there that's sort of yeah I mean for me from the, from the video that we've heard from Electroharmonics this one is the best sounding um, it's you know pretty simple setup. you've got uh, dry volume and wet volume and then you've got two parameters through which you can control various things mm-hmm. and they appear to be quite coy on exactly what that is i assume it varies from uh sound to sound um no presets which i guess is maybe a bit of a drag um but other than that go and check it out immediately because it sounds bloody lovely no presets what do you mean there aren't any like you can't say you can't say oh, right, you can't say yeah 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 because yeah. yeah, it has nine sounds there's nine there. sounds yeah, yeah. in there yeah but you can't in- save anything including one that they're calling the mood bass which is like a moogy sort of subby synth sound which sounded great in the demos they they played um beverly hills cop theme what's that called axel f yes yeah they played that in the uh oh, man it just makes me want to watch beverly hills cop whenever yeah. i even think about that song i just think yeah i want to watch it yeah. maybe we should do a <laughs> Judge Reinhardt. let's do a Judge Reinhold. Reinhold. Um, we should do a guitar nerd's commentary on uh, Beverly Hills Cop. There's no guitars featured in it in any way, but but he does have a a ghetto blaster rocket launcher. He does. That's right. Spoilers. Is that not in? Uh, that's not in one. That's, that's in, in three. three the yeah. when they're in the amusement park, <laughs> where, where which it's is gone very downhill. Probably by the, three. one of the worst films I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. But one, one is excellent. Um, anyway, so um, I guess that's all the news for this week. Well done, chaps. A little round of applause for yourselves. I think. Oh, well done. Well done. I felt like it went on for a while. Well, there's there's been a lot of news, a lot of stuff. Um, talking about going on for a while, we've got uh, about 15 minutes left of this episode, and I feel we've come to an impasse. Um, we could either do brand of the week, which Joe Branton has. Well, how about rather than us choosing, I'll do brand of the week super quick, 
and then we will then we'll take no, some questions. No, we've got a lot of questions. I think we, I think think we should do brand, questions. Brand of the week yeah, yeah. goes to the Patreon episode as well as... I uh, need to tell people about this brand though. Well, I'll, that's take, fine. I'll spend well, 30 well, give seconds. Some, that gives them, a, you know, they sign up for the Patreon, they learn about the brand. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Okay, so if you want to hear about Joe Branton's interesting brand, as well as... It just means I've got to repeat myself on Facebook now. It's going to be a brand... No, don't. Don't give it away for free. I've got, I want people to know yeah, about yeah, it. I want the moolah. I want the big bucks. <laughs> I want the horrendously large P. It's also not that interesting. Yes, it is. No, it is. Okay. It's big. What are you talking so, about? Sorry, sorry. Whose side am I on? Big dollar. Oh, so yeah. um, I reckon we move brand of the week. What's the brand called that you're going to be talking about? Oh, uh, right. Well, that's basically all I needed to say. I could have done it in sort of the 30 seconds that you guys have been got to build hype. around. Got to get the big uh, P. Dunnable is the name of the brand. Dun- you, and you've been they are, they are. There's a great story behind the brand, but they are super cool, super interesting, very, very affordable custom shops. Go and check them out. Patreon.com forward slash uh, guitar nerds. And we're also going to talk, it's going to be Branton centric this episode. Oh, so we're no. also going to talk about your quest for a new bass. This is this going to run over. It's going to run over. Yeah, right. The, okay. It's, anyway. It's right. Fine. Question. <laughs> Rory says, I have a very nice Fender strap, but it's just too damn heavy for me to play day to day. Recommendations for a really light, cheap guitar for rehearsals and noodles. What are you talking about, Rory? Strats aren't heavy. They can be. Strats can be heavy. Well, okay, I've got the solution enough, the for Rory. The ones tend to be heavier. They do. Yeah. Yes, Maybe. they are. Matt, can you think of any suggestions? Any nice and light sort of uh, Strats style guitars? I can guitars? think of one. Okay. Immediately. Well, go on then. Travel guitars. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This God, is great. why are you so rubbish? No, no, I love travel guitars. Oh. I'm going to start a travel guitar collection. No. Can you just travel, travel away guitar. from here? <laughs> travel guitar podcast. Yeah. You're going to be you're going to be like one of those it. you're going to be like one of those can vloggers. Be, can that be the next mini series on the uh, Patreon? Go and buy what you need to do is you Brandon's need to go travel guitar odyssey. Uh, oh yeah. Go and buy uh, a 2000 pound camera and then uh, tell people about your humble life every day. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the theme okay. tune the has beach. to be the littlest time. Um, I am actually going to do that. I'm going to do a, a a six episode mini series about, about travel tra- guitars. No, that sounds horrendous. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely horrendous. I was thinking um maybe like an Ibanez S series. They're a uh, super lightweight. Um I don't know what's available now but Always used to be available on the cheaper end of things. The SA one twenty. What are we saying budget wise? Are we, are we going to put a budget on this for? Um... Well, he says he says affordable, so I'm guessing under three hundred pounds. I would say the best thing to go for would be a. Uh, it's probably not under three hundred pounds, but one of those Squire Vin Mod Thinline Tellies. Yeah, um, yeah, super light. Not really the same vibe as a Strat, I guess. Um, Still fendery. And not particularly noodly, I guess, but um, super light, super fun, super super. What was that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> super super fun to play. Um, uh, do you know, I um, I guess thin lines I of a cool alternative. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say um, Epiphone three three nine. Oh, that's a nice idea. It's not uh, that noodly though, stores. is it? On well, he says oh, he says oh, rehearsals and noodles. I think he just means like playing around yeah. on. Oh, okay. On um on that same vein, what about the second place from our gear of the year? Something from that one of the Gretsch uh, streamline, uh, not streamline. Uh, what was the name of the series? I think it, anything with a centre block though is is going to be about the same weight as a strap. Like, like, even yeah. um, what Matt mentioned and the streamline. How about if you want something? If it, if it's not for like playing live, well, I mean even if it is, but if it's something you want for just like playing at home. 
bullet Mustang. Mm. Oh, a Squire bullet Squire Mustang. Bullet Mustang. Yeah, like 150 quid yeah. or something. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, 150 quid. Yeah, something 150 like that. Pa- no, um, no, 118 pounds. 118 quid. Um, lovely. Yeah, really good. lovely. That's a good shout. I've got, and like nice and easy to play, you know. I've got a great one though. I can see what it is on your screen yeah, and okay. if you say I'm going to punch you in the face. 229 pounds. I'm going to punch you in the face. 229 pounds. Really? Here so it comes. Affordable. No, don't hit me. It's going to it's, it's it's if you say the words the punch <sighs> is coming. But it's so it's affordable and brilliant and versatile. It's one of those things. The Steinberger Spirit GT Pro Deluxe. <laughs> Come on, come on, Steinberger. They, that is what they were designed for. They are the solution to people who want a lightweight guitar. I could have said the Hofner Shorty, which is also very good. No, that's nowhere near as good. The Steinberger is great. This, what's great about the Steinberger is you also get, if you play a Strat, well, it comes with a with a trem, which yep. not a lot of the guitars that we've actually... Have any of the guitars that we've suggested actually come with a trem? You'd have lost the trem of your Strat unless you go for the Steinberger Spirit GT Pro. Uh, you know, you also get rid of other unnecessary things like headstocks <laughs> and I tell, I tell you, horns. It's, it's uh, a, it, ugly as sin, but well made. It's a shame that Steinberger is a bit of a mystery because about... Uh, about eight years ago 2009 2010 yeah. they brought out the what was it called <laughs> I can't remember the trans trim that was what it was called right. so Steinberger ZT3 ZT3 thank you yes that is what it's called so Steinberger is owned under the umbrella of the Gibson brands it is company um, and they brought out the ZT3 um. Yeah, in like 2009 or 2008 or 2010, something around there. And it really looked like they were going to be doing something with Steinberger. And like, you know, everybody got really excited. These spirit models, they suddenly became available. Yeah. Um, and, and then it just like, it seemed like that guitar, which again goes back to something we were talking about. Um, something we were talking about with uh, some of the more modern guitars that you've been raving about Joe yeah about how it does tend to be all or nothing and that's kind of what I felt with the the ZT3 is that it was this like bonkers trans trim but it kind of looked like a super strat but it didn't have a headstock and there was no there was no middle ground and I really feel like if they they could have expanded upon that series yeah and like just made a range of cool guitars that sort of went from the sublime to the ridiculous, if you if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, they. It, I mean, and it just it but, felt like that one didn't work, and therefore they just gave up on it, which I think is a real shame because there is a place for Steinberger. That place doesn't have to be the bargain bin of GAK.co.uk, um, but that appears to be where that brand is sitting right now. Well, unfortunately, I, um, or in any other guitar shop in the world. Let's just say not specific to a uh, single place, and perhaps not bargain bin. That's probably not the right description. On but, on sale, yeah, okay. At a I just I price. just feel like that they're really sh- that that company has got so much heritage. Like Joe says, that company does have a lot of heritage, and it really should be doing more than it does. And it just it does feel a little bit. Well, a little bit forgotten. Yeah, I, I like them. And in the case of you know what we're talking about here, they are very cheap and they are very, very well oh. built for the money. Well, there you go. Then they are a perfect solution. Yeah, I just hate to recommend it to anyone problem. because they look like uh, cricket bats. No, they no, look they terrible. They're very tasteful. Matt Knight, what were you going to say? 
I was going to say, uh, just quickly following on from your Ibanez thing, I've had a quick look. I think best two Ibanez you could buy that are going to be lightweight and two very different guitars. Uh, RG421M, so maple necked RG with two humbuckers and a hardtail. Uh, they're like 299. They'll be lightweight. They'll have a thin neck on them. They'll have a contour body. Or if you want something really different, the AF55 Semi Hollow. They're also pretty lightweight, big body. It's like sort a of jazz more jazz one, type. It, yeah. yeah, but they're also two nine nine. But oh, that's good. they're nice because obviously unplugged, they're a little bit louder. But they also cover a sort of mellower style as well. So I think something like that would be quite a cool vibe if you don't want to go for a rock guitar or you don't want to go for a Fender or a Gibson or an Ibanez. Yeah, yeah. Like rock guitar. This is something a little bit different. Well, Rory, I hope uh, that's given you some uh, some options. Let's do one more question before we peace out for the evening. Um, Johnny says, why are there no Gibsons with maple fretboards? I don't think I've ever seen one. Um, Jay Cross. Uh, you haven't been looking hard enough, mate. Yes, that's what I say. Um, there haven't been very many. Well, actually, there hadn't been very many until fairly recently when baked maple started appearing on the fingerboards of some guitars well, quite How, a lot of guitars well yes yeah. but to answer your question more specifically um they have been using maple they've been using maple for quite some time uh, go back to like the l6s good um, shout i yeah. didn't think you would have remembered that great guitar yeah great guitar um i really like the l6s i think mm-hmm. that's wicked um going back to yeah that is a, a guitar that they reissued they reissued that about five or six years ago um it was a bit and pony, they weren't very good yeah. yeah which is a shame because i like always really liked that guitar um but yeah so they they used it on the l success and then um in more sort of recent memory uh the raw power series which absolutely was absolutely amazing which was like an entry level um range of sgs oh, and they were so good though they were 700 quid yeah well, yeah, entry level was less than a studio was, but they came um, in great finishes the that you could get them in like turquoise. Yeah, with maple they, net. Oh, they, that that was a great series. They were essentially um, what the modern, what they call uh, SG special now, which is the worn finish, uncovered humbuckers. Um, but they were awesome. It's like yeah. really, really nice. Still mahogany neck, but maple board. They've actually held their money very well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Power. Well, because they're, you know, it's a weird thing, an SG with a maple board. And actually, the combination but, works um, really well. And they also did some expensive guitars because the Zach Wilde Les Paul Custom they came did in a maple neck finish. Indeed. And that was actually and maple. Camo. That was maple neck rather Sorry, than what? mahogany neck. Because the SG, the Raw Power series was yeah. mahogany neck with a maple board. Um, the, no, they were maple with a maple were they? board. Were they? Are you sure about that? Raw maple. The Zach was. I'm pretty sure, yeah. No, no, the, apparently the Raw Powers as well. Yeah, maybe you're right, actually. I think, yeah, I think I'm the... I'm pretty sure they were, all, they were all... As far as I remember, they were all maple because they were so super, super bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they, they, they did, uh, on the bass front, they made basses out of only maple. They well, did the, um, the Ripper, which was completely maple carved out of a single tree I think yes. and the L6S as well is the actually L6S maple and body actually just in the, uh, the we, 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 may, we might actually miss this in the YouTube chat Juan has just pointed out that also uh, the Marauder and the S1 um, both guitars both Gibson guitars with um, with maple necks so yeah. there are a bunch RDs. out there Sorry? RDs. RDs. Were they maple as well? Oh, they no. did maple necks for the bases. Yeah, no, they're rosewood board, I think, or ebony oh, okay. board. I right. think they were even okay. ebony board. Yeah. I think they were rosewood board, but I think they had a maple neck. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, it seemed to be that the flowers uh, were definitely they were maple with a maple fret. Okay, board. okay, cool. Um, a lot of the seventy stuff and early eighty stuff seems to be um, maple board and occasionally maple neck. I don't know why. I guess it probably just cheap. It's been quirky. I mean, a lot of people are using baked maple now because it's a more kind of stable wood. Once yeah. you bake all the moisture out of it, um, it has quite a richness to it. You know, it, it vibrates and resonates really nicely, but it's really stable compared to rosewood, for example, which is an open wood, which is way more susceptible to humidity and temperature changes. You're also not going to get your factory raided with, That's with true. maple boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nice and cheap. Maple yeah, appears yeah. to be a, a cheaper option. So Completely. So, yeah, definitely, whether it's in the guise of the baked baked maple necks now that look like rosewood or um just the uh, uh, the raw maple as it were there have actually been quite a few gibsons over the years with with maple boards and maple necks so yeah 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 do um do check them out l6s is a bit of a weird one to bring up but yeah definitely i really like them i yeah, think yeah. they're i think they're very cool they are also very tone They've got the Veritone switch on there. Oh, I see yeah. what you did. That's yeah. nice. I like it. Very good. Very good. Um, and with that, we are up at an hour, so we should um, wrap this bad boy up. Um, do uh, If you have been watching on YouTube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, just in case you missed it, um, this is going to be our last ever live streamed episode on YouTube. Well, not last ever, but last for the moment uh, live streamed episode to YouTube. If you've enjoyed what you have seen slash heard on YouTube, you can keep up with the audio podcast, which is the same thing, just without the video component. Um, guitarnerds.net forward slash podcast, or search for us on iTunes or Downcast or Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash guitarnerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can get the ad-free audio version of the podcast. And at the $5 a month tier, you will also get an extra half an hour of content every week. Now, a bit of an important announcement about this. We're changing, after this week, how we do this half an hour of Patreon content in that we are going to let you, our dear listeners, choose the topics. Every Friday in the Facebook group, we're going to put up three or four topics for you to choose from in a poll that will then form the discussion of that Monday's Patreon episode. So, um, bit of interaction. Uh, we'll put up some stuff there that may be a bit controversial, and you can choose it if you uh, if you so wish. So, yeah, um, we're going to be letting you decide the content of the Patreon. So, that's a $5 tier where you also get access to the mini-series like Branton's Ranton and... Branton's Travel Guitar Odyssey. Yeah, and what we're potentially calling Cross Talk, where Jay talks to um, some record producers about guitar sound and how to get good guitar tone plus the occasional interview uh, we did one at the end of last month which was Cynthia Schemmer from uh, She Shreds magazine and we've got some more stuff going up there Matt's talking to creators of excellent pedals uh, like JHS and um, uh, who else are you talking to Matt? I've got Earthquaker uh, potentially Zvex uh, and some other cool people that uh, will become clear in the future. So people who are making cool guitar stuff, you'll get to hear full-length yeah. interviews anywhere between half an hour and an hour with them on the Patreon as well. Maybe so longer. It depends how much we uh, how much you waffle. How deep we go. Plus, as we're not yeah. now not doing the live streaming to YouTube, we may also do some video stuff over on Patreon as well. So lots of stuff to uh, to get you listening to and watching at the five dollar a month tier. If you are feeling flush and you want to support us at the $10 tier, which is limited to 20 backers, and I think we're up at 20 at the moment, so there's not actually a free space, you get all that cool stuff at $10, plus you get your name read out like this. Uh, I'm trying to think for... 
Derek Rich, Cross Canners, Andrew Juice, Angela Merkel, Tony Blair, Carlos Manta, Andrew Marco, Mark Cruz, Jaddy Shard, Andy McKenzie, Brad Pitt, Pal Carrigan, Jock Goodfree, Will Claw, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quan, Phil Tam Setterin, Larry Anstasis, Moog Gravel, Colin Anderland. China <laughs> thanks um, so much for listening this week and thanks if you have been watching on YouTube and you've been watching every week thank you for joining us there do continue to go to um, and f- sign up for the audio podcast as well um, we are on what episode 98 this week that means we're two weeks out no, it's not, it's this ep- is 99 no it's not this is 98 Okay. Uh, this is 98 next week 99 and then the week after podcast episode 100 which means um, will we make it past because that's what we're on isn't it yeah, we're on yeah. 100 you always quit when we get to 100 I always quit when episodes. we get to 100 maybe I've got an announcement I haven't got an announcement <laughs> oh, um, please quit. but what I have got is a jam packed quiz with some excellent rounds oh um, no. no I'm in charge of the quiz plus um we can, uh, yeah, you know, we won't be live streaming it, so we can have some real fun with that. I think may even be able to play in like sound samples and stuff. Yeah, Ooh. it's going to be fun, super, super fun. So yeah, guitarnerds.net forward slash podcast. If you want to join in the conversation about the podcast or anything guitarnerds, guitarnerds, no, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitarnerds forum at guitarnerds on Twitter at guitarnerds on Instagram where we're messing around with some live streaming stuff and images and all the usual guff. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's everything. So uh, we will see you. Well, we won't see you. We'll you will hear us next week. Thanks very much. Farewell. Bye, gang. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.